0: Greetings, this is Aimea Swee. This call is brought to you by Dialogue. Like Dialogue and Debate, Dialogue lets you have your own call and show over the internet. This is IMEA Swee Aborigine. I'm coming at you tonight. It's late. It's about 11.30 here, Pacific time. I put my little one down to sleep. I was so busy. I'm like, I really want to do this because this knowledge has always given me so much zeal the knowledge about of being an independent everything independent in music is interesting there's like so much commercialism going on we think oh it needs to have this this thing this grease this gloss on it for it to be like legitimized and it's like all the music i love um it's it's stuck around and it wasn't cuz of um because of i think like that that stuff we see now that it's overly commercialized although that never hurt a hit to have you know promotion and all that stuff so um the last time i did a discussion getting over getting getting over being underground i um i mentioned that it was part 6 of a seven part discussion and i really just wanted to seal it up i ran across this great book written by Di Bogan. And I was people told me I need to write the book because I'm so thrilled about it. It's just a thing to break through and not feel that your your artist dependent on somebody else. Um and so I found this book and I'm like, wow, I'm doing this thing over and over again. It's great how concise that this was lined out and it was I found it perfect timing with what i'm doing and it's almost like okay then there's the next level there's this thing about declaring ownership and registering the music with these rights so i i once wrote an email to a couple friends who i'm like yo i got this stuff figured out step by step and like you do music you probably can use this and i did that with a couple of my buddies because it's serious. It's serious. The music is good. It has so much feeling. It's stuff that lasts. I mean, we've invested, I've invested in my equipment. I know others have. I mean, it's a real labor of love and it has substance. The music itself lives on. So um I've worked in the past with like on the fringes of Hollywood. I had some buddies and friends who worked in the industry and stuff. And sometimes I would have that mind state like creeping on what I was doing. It was like a big contradiction on a lot of the lyrics to of my music. And um, I had a time deciding to do it for myself because you know I necessarily could have like kept the idea that there's great, bigger, better, greater later. And um, like for instance, when I r- recorded a live album, with a partner of mine who, like I said, is a, was in the industry. We decided to like pay big old bucks and rent out a top studio for a very short amount of time. You know, like, narrow it down. Okay, we're gonna do basic tracks on this day and we're gonna um, come in and, you know, run again. Another day of just straight basic tracks. We just wanna play all the way through our whole album, you know, within 12 hours. And then when we come in and um, overdub, we're gonna do Two days of overdub and by that time we we're we were like good with the guys that's running the studio. So we let you know, they we break it down into four or six hour increments and try and come a little early and try and stay a little late. But, you know, kinda of like squeaking around corners trying to use the best stuff and be in that environment. And um, it does serve its purpose sometimes, but then it can um Create a little bit of delusion, and then create the idea of like gatekeepers and secrets. And it's really weird when anytime you have a gatekeeper, anytime you have someone who is in charge, like my son is four years old, he's so tall and they're like, oh, he's tall for his age. He should be a football player. and I just want to like pop people on their lips like, dude, my son, I see that as like modern day slavery. Why would I want him to go into something that's so hard on his body and yet, there's so many other people that control of his fate that are making decisions that impact his whole life. Like, so sometimes I feel like music can be like that uh, and it's changing. So I wanted I did a blog post on my blog. I had a blog that I was doing with Imea Sweet and then I had a Beatty Beats blog. And so I kind of like just started to focus on one and migrate some stuff. And this was a really good post that I did, um, that I wanted to share for this number seven um, culmination of getting over being underground. Oh, you, you owe yourself uh, independent music rights and publishing. And there's so much stuff out there. I thought like, what? Are, where are people at? What, what can we use? I know for myself, Back in 2005, I released something on CD Baby, and I was like, before digital downloads and stuff like that. And there's just like a continual, continuous process. This is a lot, you know, years later, And um, so, anyway, I've been discovering stuff and building on it. And then I took a time to like with school and being a mother and stuff like that. And then, like, trying to find some masters that were like so important to me for some reason at some time. And a lot of stuff got cleared up. And I'm like, yo, I'm releasing my archives and I'm doing it the way that it should be done. So, that's been really invigorating um, for a focus with that. So, I put together a life hack for an independent music release. And um, I thought it could be very useful to help people look at like what are the steps that you can take. And so I start off by saying, um, in this life hack for the independent musician, you don't need a white knight to create an independent record label. You know, some people think you need all this money. Um, what you need is Money helps. You gotta invest in yourself like seriously, seriously. You just cannot not invest in yourself. You can't expect other people to do it. And then, you know, you become a prize because then you sell parts of yourself that other people own. And then it's not really all you anymore. And that could be useful. Your team will build, but in the right way. You have to be a primary investor in this, in the way of doing it independently. And what you really need is music recordings and the desire to share it with the world. You got your music, you want to share it, a little business aptitude, you're ready. So I put together an easy rundown that helps guide the process of being an independent record label. And with this knowledge, it's great. It's um it's like a surface core boom 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 you're good to go. And the more the deeper you dig, the more you will learn. So this is a great place to just be like, okay, what do I need I want to do this stuff tomorrow? Can I can I, do I have a hatchet? Can I just start hacking? Here you go. Um, I say join ASCAP or another PRO. And so with ASCAP, you're gonna pay 50-50 to uh for a writer and publisher membership because a song has is split into two parts. Um, half of it is the writer share and the other half is the publisher share. They used to look at this as 200 percent now it's 50 50 but it's that's how a song is created if you're a writer then you own both of those parts um if you're a writer who has a publisher working for you you know they're designated the publishing share or a part, portion of and you maintain your writer share but there's 50 50 and it just so happens that that's how much it costs to be um, to initiate membership at ASCAP and i may have mentioned before i've been a member of ASCAP for several uh, many years over a while now and Not only do do they um, keep track of your music and what it does. When um, usually, like during the early part of a release, you know, years later, sometimes things can kind of flatline. In my case, being like an independent underground artist with some releases that have been, you know, legitimate and, in that case, somewhat substantial, not just my own independent stuff. So um, they have trade workshops, and at one point, I had a buddy that I went to high school with. His name was. Daniel, I forget his last name, but he was working over a membership. He was working to ask Cap. I used to drop in, and not just for him, but when I had questions about stuff. And um, they have open meetings, you know, so you can see what's going on yearly and with the board and stuff like that. And uh, when you become a member, you're a member. There's a lot of resources that will help you, as well as registering your uh, catalog of music. And your catalog is going to start with the first song that you register as a member um, the percentage that you own or share with others. And, um, yeah. So, and then with that one-time fee, there's lifetime membership and affiliation. So, um, uh, you got, you got to start off with your PRO, register your songs. A lot of people like know that off the base, but if you're something, what's the first thing I do PRO so that you can, um, develop the base of your catalog. And, um, Then you want to get an ISRC. I talk a lot about the ISRC. Um, Waiting for maybe someone to join in a call or something like that, but it's the International Standard Recording Code. It's metadata. You know, a lot of times you are tagging stuff that, okay, this is, you know, I'm going to post this picture. I'm going to tag the names of the people that are in it. With the ISRC code, you're tagging your song very specifically with the code that's recognized around the world. It's a uniform standard used by um, all the systems across the world, which is really cool. So if your music is playing in China or Australia or someplace far away from where you live, I mean, it's still gonna be tracked. Now, copyright law and You know, that type of stuff, I think there's some differences what people pay, what different countries pay and um, how they acknowledge ownership and the rate for different components. So the International Standard Recording Code is designated for the sound recording, your audio file, and you will attach that through metadata and there's software encoding that you can do that um, embeds this into the file and then if you are going to burn it to an mp3 and upload it here or do it you know go get it printed get that audio cd um burned or pressed or copied i'm sure there are like other names they're like and it means some different way to produce uh, um a duplicate onto a cd from this master and the isrc code is going to be right on there um, what I'm going to do is just leave this in a part one, leave it a, a short thing and come on back to this part seven and continue it. So we started off with the ASCAP registration and we followed that up with the ISRC code, gaining ownership of one. It's $95 on my blog. I put links to every step so that'll be very helpful and then i'm gonna do a little groundwork and see if i'm gonna come back solo or join you with the guest and uh, we'll continue with this life hack all right y'all um this has been a dialogue discussion and um i'm amia sweet talk to you soon this call is brought to you by dialogue like discussion and debate Dialogue lets you have your own call-in show over the internet. I was waiting for that. Three, two, one, and I seem to miss it. So I'm on and I'm ready. And I'm picking back up from where I just left off on um, this life hack about, um, for an independent music release. And this can be done. um, There are a lot of resources out there. I'm seeing now there's so many companies that says, oh, well, just upload your music and we'll, We'll give you a UPC code. We will give you an ISRC code. We'll do all these things for you, and that's really cool. Food like not to have full control and responsibility. I mean, it helps out a lot because you're getting your music out there to the public, and then there's the other thing of creating an asset. I know there's also some people who are in who are business minded, business inclined. Who maybe have friends who make music, who think, okay, well, I'm—I have a technical or administrative mind. I can take on some of this stuff with my creative folks. So, I think it's really dope for the um, for others that are in the culture, in the music of um, being artists or having a creative lifestyle to consider uh, greater empowerment, because. It boils down to the art needing greater representation, needing someone to defend quality art, and not just killing the substance of art, and music, and culture because you know there's money to be made in some stuff that uh, you can force feed people, or creating tastes and then just sticking with that. That um, these tastes that that have been cultivated in people just feeding them that same thing. And there's so much more diversity and creativity out there. And that artists can take responsibility and awaken their audience, or make contact with others who are inclined to hear and see and feel outside of the mainstream. It's really important. So I will start off with the ASCAP membership for a musician, a songwriter, a composer, and a music publisher, and um, sometimes they're the same person. The song starts off with those rights all together and a songwriter will have publisher rights and have writer rights, right? And the song that they have is split in those two parts. And so it's really common for a musician to create, to start a publishing company in order to assume uh, possession of the rights that they create. And, um, So after the ISRC code, and I went, I go into that, that was like the big thing. I remember this, it was like years ago, once I figured out like, how does this work? What is the software that embeds it? What's the deal with ISRC code? And um, for a while I was like back in the early aughts, if you will, um, 2000-ish, somewhere around there, early 2000, I was looking at the um, Alesis Master Link. Because that was it was like they were calling. Red book was one way of encoding, and there's still more to learn about that. It may be used to some degree, but there was a way of like locking a CD down so it couldn't be pirated. And the Elisa's master link would write to Red Book specification and also embed the ISRC codes. I thought that's it, and. And, and i went on it wasn't the time for me at that particular time to so, say okay i'm like in full in charge of all my isrc codes but it stayed with me because um we can own our songs and uh, i don't know it 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 was an evolution for me to see from making music to seeing myself in administrative capacity uh, i can go back a long time and just say it just kept evolving i remember i went to like in high school, early on, I, me and a friend, we like school. We got a manager, you know. We, we found this guy in the phone book, you know. What I'm saying we were just thinking we need someone to help us. We want to make music, you know. He he set up some stuff for us. The guy's name was Megger Parish, actually. I remember, I like it was years ago. Much later, after high school, a few years ago, I was doing a performance at a like a political fundraiser or something like that. A friend of mine was a DJ. Said, so, "Hey, you know, we got a little entertainment budget. You. you should come. It's a good crowd." And um, Ace, the DJ, invited me to do that thing. And I saw Megger Parish there. And so he's like still working in arts and stuff. And uh, it was a trip. Like years and years before, we had hounded this guy. Like, "Yo, be the manager." You know, he was driving us around in his little car. Um, so there's a thing about who can help you in your career, and how, and what do they do? Where their tests? How? What are they responsible for? You know, that just comes. The more you do this thing, the more um, the art. There's business embedded in it, and. As an artist who's committed to your thing, I mean, sometimes there's such great art and people who are very trustworthy, who you're comfortable with, who you can put your um, career in their hands and they're really great at that, that's what they do and they can take over their work. As a big trustworthy person, seriously, art is so sensitive because it can change. Artists can are sensitive, they can be spoiled. And uh, I mean, like in a rot sort of way where um, with commercialization and changing up something for commercial appeal, I can really taint the artistic substance of a thing that may contradict those values. So I'm, I'm really a stickler, like there's a reason for this, not just because it's out there and, you know, times are changing, but the art needs to find ways to flourish and grow anew. And um, taking charge of the business is one way the artists are able to take it directly to the people and levels and phases and making it available, securing those rights so that they return back to the source. That's kind of like the basic part of this business. And it's a bit away from the actual creativity, but it's good to know. And it's good to get a team rallying around this stuff and doing it together collectively. That That's dope. So after your ISRC code, you're really, you're gonna pay, they're gonna give you a code, they're gonna ask you what's the name of your company. So you can, you're either a sole proprietorship, you've started your uh, uh, California LLC or whatever state you're in, or there are other forms of a business entity, You know, aside from a sole proprietor that, um, and so I'm saying that's the basics. If you wanna go there, then, you know, you, you have that right, and that's something that should be explored. And then you also wanna think about what you're spending, how you're gonna separate those funds and acknowledge all of this. It's really good to take this from a hobby to the next level and acknowledge the expense so that you have the expectation on what comes back, but you're also, um, you know, seeing what goes into it. So after that ISRC code, like I said, you pay for that and you're you're given this code and then you're going to need the software. You're going to need the uh, hardware equipment to encode this stuff. But before you get to that point, it's good to have a UPC code also. And on my blog, um, bdbeatsmusic.blogspot.com in this post, I give links to all this stuff. So I found a great company, a barcode I mean, you can go, you can be like a company like Walmart and be like, yo, I need like a million codes every month. And then you might go, you might pay a different rate and have a different setup than someone who says maybe I only need a hundred barcodes. Uh, Cause I plan on putting out a hundred albums in the next five, 10 years or whatever. So I found a really great company that I worked with and I, um, Link them. It's really it's not that expensive to get your barcodes at the same time you get your up um, your ISRC code and your UPC code is when you're ready to sell this file digitally when you upload it to like if you're gonna go with CD Baby they're famous for being a um, music distributor online if you go with someone like them they're gonna ask you okay well will will uh, you can pay us for a UPC or you should have your own and to have your own because you can do a lot of different things you can release music at will and not have to pay more or excessively when you're doing all of this out of pocket um so it's great if you can like the thing is the same and the price you pay can be considerably less that's fresh you don't want to like pay less and you get like some crap that's much less you know it, it shows that you're paying less and you're getting um inferior quality so this company that I've linked in this in my website, it's just it's, it's not inferior. It's just it costs a lot less, and I I did that also with the podcast to show you a way to kind of navigate. Just you know, use that noggin, dig in. Uh, the UPC. When so now you have your music. You started off with a song. You're the sound recording owner. Um, you've registered your songs with ASCAP and you have this recording along with the uh, ISRC code that you want uh, to assign to this particular recording. And if it's an album, it's this code will be applied individually in a unique way, a, a unique sequence to every song. It's very simple. And um, you can create a physical copy at this point, or simply go from a digital download. One thing I give, another I say I give this, I found, I discovered a so, such a nice company called Sonoris Software. And they have a, um, it's called the Sonoris ISRC Editor. And this software enables one to upload a WAV file. And it, it's it's software, so you download this and it's freeware. It's so beautiful that they would give something like that away and the power that it has. I mean, I wouldn't mind. Paying more for that thing—it's—it's it's exactly what an independent uh, label owner, um, sound recording owner needs in their home studio. After you're mastering your stuff, or you're taking your stuff back and you're mastering, especially if you're going to pay excessively to have someone encode it, this ISRC editor by Sonoris takes your WAV file you input your code if the code doesn't look right if it's like missing something it won't you know it needs to be the precise 13 digit isrc code and um once the code's there your uh, your audio's there you can run this thing and within a second you download it again your code has been embedded and it's a it's a great program i've seen some other stuff and it's um it's right up there at the top and it's why I suggested so I'll do a recap so we start off with the song and we'll just say that this song has been recorded and that you have your album i I did that extensively. I graduated from the musicians Institute so many times in my studio I work hard and long on a song and then export it you know, maybe take a to in the studio and be like, hey, can you mix this? And so I got this song that I made. So I'm just going to like look at it from that point. So you take this song and say, okay, well, I'm going to register this title with ASCAP and everything about this song, the length of it, the people that contributed to it, um, the publishing company that is the co-owner of this song and the percentage of you know if it's just me then it's 50 50 it's my song i have a lot of music like that and i have some that i've shared with others after that let's take this song and i'm going to run it through my sonorous editor and tag my isrc code on there you know and so next i think i want to um release this music well it's time you to- one thing about this, so this song is encoded and you have a release date. A future release date is a good thing to have because then you can spend a lot of time promoting your music, getting reviews for your music, sending it out to college radio, sending it out to bloggers who may review it and speak about a pending release date. That's cool. That's like logistics. And order with this process, the more you apply, just there's so much more benefit with that that leeway. And so I mentioned that before. So you can um, advance your release date when you do some of these registrations. So speaking of sound exchange, you really want, if you're doing a digital release, you really want to be a member of sound exchange and you really want to have your titles, and ownership and all of this stuff on file with them ahead of time. It takes time for them to process it. Sometimes it takes longer than others. I'm like, what happened? Did you guys lose that spreadsheet or what? Mm -hmm. Um, Personally, I've had that issue with some things and other things pop up right away. And um, I think the more recent and the more total the control, it's less problems. If you want to go back in time and you may have, Great areas of knowledge of who owns what and things like that, then um, they're gonna have to do some research. So that uh, that might actually extend itself to how long it's gonna take before your your stuff shows up in the system. But you uh, encode your music with uh, register with Sound Exchange. I also wanted to mention EasyDisc.net. Dot net. There are many pre CD. Uh, vinyl pressing companies out there, but easy, net, easy Disc. I have a link on the music blog. They have really great prices. They're based in the US, they ship around the world. Um, it's a great company. They make it very easy to upload your digital files that have been encoded. To submit your artwork you've designed and you know add your own UPC code into this thing, um, and they'll they'll give you a, a test back to so you can um, approve so you can you know see if you like exactly how it will look and they print your your vinyl your CD Easy Disc is a really cool resource and so when you have your encoded music you know you send this stuff out they play it and then the registrations i've added a few links sound exchange has a list i downloaded it one time i'm like i want it was the 2017 third quarter fourth quarter report of all the radio groups and stations who uh, report all the various songs that they've played um yeah they do that and SoundExchange exchange tells you these are all the people who report to us that they've played music that um that we that are registered with us and that we we pay out the rights they pay the money to sound exchange and so i thought to myself i'll go and i'll look through all through this whole 60 page list in like 25 Unit twenty-five list. Uh, list twenty-five on a list of twenty-five on each page, and I'll go to the website and I'll find out if it's a radio station or if it's a radio group. And many of them are radio groups with stations all over. Right, I'm telling myself I will find out which one each one of these stations plays music in my genre, and they have open or flexible submission processes for independent um, labels and. You know, I ultimately, I figured, okay, my best bet right now is to just focus on college radio because I know it's much easier to sift through that, you know, data mining and stuff like that. But as an independent label, you want to do as much as you can to share the jewel, the, the light you offer the world. And uh, so I it included a, a few other registrations, Media Base and Nielsen Title Registration. Uh, Nielsen also has a beta, data bar broadcast systems, broadcast data systems. So Nielsen, you know, sales and scans is a little different from play. And so there are two different with those. I, I just have one link here. One of them, you have to ask for a membership. It's kind of like a process. So maybe I will just do a short post on that and say, well, this is who you send your little form to. You can dig and find it online. And then Media Base also has a, kind of a rickety submission process, unless you just you have to submit one song at a time with their form, it's not like a spreadsheet. And honestly, the others are the same way. It can be a bit tedious with all of the information that's redundant, um, the title of the codes, the playing time, the genre, the release date, you know, they ask you a lot of information, the UPC, the ISRC, the writer, the publisher sometimes. Um, and so for each individual song, you submit this information and then it becomes part of the, um, they're able to track it for you. So you really want to do that. And that's about it. This is a super, super simple hack. I posted it on my BDB's Beats music blog and then it helps. I said, like, I want to share this with folks. So now you have it and appreciate you taking the time. What I'd like to do in the um, future is make this stuff available for a podcast. I didn't have a caller tonight or, well, it's going to be morning soon, but um, I'm glad I was able to to share and get this out because I know as an independent musician trying so hard to um, commit. Like, I love doing this. How can I get, like keep it going? And uh, it's not always, your fate's not always based in the hands of, of others. You know, there's a lot you could do to further your dreams. And this is part of that. You know, taking it seriously and having fun with it. And um, as you can do both of those things at the same time. All right, this is i I appreciate you for joining me with this and um we're all good have a beautiful afternoon i mean <laughs> beautiful afternoon it's midnight have, have some good rest you know life is good um dialogue is pretty dope i hope to have more interactive discussions like we did yesterday all right so Mia sweet with bd beats music on the strength bless